Hello, hello. It's Julie back again with another episode of You're in Charge. And if I sound like I have low confidence, that's not it. It's more, I'm almost trying to whisper myself into not losing the train of thought that I have for this episode because it's about pain. And while I might sound like I'm in pain, that's not really where I'm coming from. I want to discuss the, the overarching theme of pain and all the different ways that it shows itself. It shows itself in fear and grief and suffering, anxiety, depression, stress, and I put stress in air quotes because there's so many ways that we phrase pain, but we disguise it in the way that we phrase it. So the reason I put stress in air quotes is because we've all heard the term probably as early as today and yesterday. You probably heard the term stress used in multiple ways. Uh, I'm just stressed. Are, are, you, are you feeling stressed? Are you, uh, you're just under stress. Your body is stressed. And it's so general that we just kind of go, yeah, yeah, I'm in stress. And we don't even think about what that actually means. Well, what that means is you're in some form of pain emotional, mental, it could even be showing itself physically because of the emotional and the mental and the spiritual. We are all under enormous amounts of stress on a daily basis, but we dismiss it. We run from it. We try to identify it in a means of running from it. And I, I don't mean this to sound like dismissive or um, blaming, shaming or any of that. It's I'm trying to pinpoint what it is that we all go through and then generalizing pain so that we can identify it to move through it. If this makes any sense whatsoever, probably not because most of us aren't trying to make sense of it. Most of us are just trying to avoid it. You don't want, nobody wants pain. Nobody wants to be in pain. Nobody wants to be grieving pain, loss. You know, there's so many different ways that we are in pain, whether it's a loss of a, of a love relationship or loss of a friendship or grieving a family member, whether it was the breakup of the relationship, the change of the relationship, or an actual death resulting in the end of the relationship. And there's so many different ways that we can be in pain that we can, our minds 
don't necessarily know how to quantify it, qualify it. So our minds look to alleviate it and dismiss it. And that's where addictions come in. That's where our avoidance habits come in. That's where we eat our emotions or go to the video games or whatever course of action you take to avoid feeling the pain. Maybe it's a glass of wine or a six pack of beer. Maybe it's movies or or TV shows. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a means to appease the pain. Then we also do the other means of appeasing the pain, which would be to people please. Make them happy so then the pain disappears. Or jump into another relationship so that you get to feel that exhilaration of love and connection and being needed and wanted and desired and or being chased by the previous person because then if I'm with somebody else then they would want me right because they'd see my worth and that's a means of trying to dismiss quantify and numb out the pain as well as getting the love, the affection, the joy, all of those things. And that's really what we're chasing. It's between pain and love. Yet there's, I I don't want to say they're the same thing because they're not the same thing, but it's a way that our mind tries to make sense of something that can't be made sense of because love isn't logical and pain really isn't logical. We can identify why we might feel pain. Like, I mean, physical pain is pretty obvious. You stub your toe against the, the corner of the wall as you're turning the corner and physical pain can result. You go, okay, that wall is there. But you don't go, all right, now I need to remove that wall because it caused me pain. You understand why that pain was there, but you don't try to make it into something else. But when it's a mental or emotional or spiritual pain, then we do try to make it into something else because typically defies logic. There isn't a wall that we can point to and say, this is the reason. So then our mind does its job. When you're looking for a reason, when you're looking for something to solve, to resolve, to remove, fix, whatever it is, then You give your mind a job and your mind is much like a computer. It's just there 
to do as it's told. It doesn't decide if it's right, if it's wrong, if it's integral, if it's moral, if it's love, if, if it's pain. It's just doing what it's told. So you told it to look for an answer to where the pain came from. So it goes, okay, fine. Here it is. It's her fault. It's their fault. They did this to you. It's love's fault. Because if you hadn't been in love, then you wouldn't have felt this pain. And then we think, okay, there it is. That's the story. And now I believe that story. And the more you tell that story, the more you believe it. And then that becomes your ingrained belief. And that's what your mind defaults to. So that's a lot. And that's not even getting into like the real nuances or how frequently your brain does this in how many different ways in one day, never mind your lifetime. So that's a lot to suss out, to get into and understand. So this is why I'm trying to generalize pain and love with this conversation. Because to try and get into the nuance of all of that, to try to get into just one of those stories, one of those beliefs can send you into many of the other stories and the other beliefs. And then what you are quickly trailing away from, what your mind and your ego actually wants you to trail away from, is the actual core of how that started, of where the pain came from, or what the pain is actually there for, what it's trying to teach you, what it's meant to be there to exist for. Because pain is 100% unavoidable. We will never get out of this life without experiencing pain. It's the dichotomy of love. It's the thing that separates us. But it's not separate. And when we go into it, when we just slow down, and instead of creating the story around why I'm stressed, why I'm in pain, why that hurts, the why is a question. The why is an instruction to the brain to go find an answer. And it will. It will find an answer and it will defy logic. And you will hold on to that for a very long time. Some people hold on to that their entire lives and die holding on to that. And then that gets passed on to their family members. But the pain is there to teach us something. Not about others, but about ourselves. And the triggers that we experience, we've all experienced them. 
somebody walks into a room and you can have history with them or not, but there's an immediate impression. And somebody walks into a room and they can be a complete stranger. The impression is presented into the room and people will decide almost instantly whether or not they like that person. And that isn't about the person. That is 100% about the person creating the judgment, the decision about whether or not they like that person. Because that person just walked into a room. And if they are a stranger, you have no information other than the physical presentation of what they did. Doesn't even matter if they are smiling, laughing, grumpy, if they, you know, burst into the room. It, there's an immediate interpretation of whether or not we like that person or not. And so that is about information that is going on internally. And that's what I'm trying to get you back to is understanding that each person that we are in contact with, that we're in relationship with, whether we just see them for a glance for a moment on a subway, public transportation, whatever, or in the courthouse or the, the office uh, meeting rooms, the, uh, the conference rooms, the, or whether they're in a, at a barbecue or a bar, it doesn't matter where we see them, how we see them, or what the interactions are. They are all a reflection of what's happening internally. Because you're going to be in these places as a result of what's going on for you internally. You're going to have decided to be at that barbecue as a result of trying to avoid pain or go for connection and love. And the way that I generalized pain or um, lumped it all together with the, the grief, the suffering, the anxiety, the, the depression, the, all of that is pain, I'm going to do the same thing with love where we're going after, after, after connection and validation and acceptance and the warm fuzzies of life. That's what love is going to be termed. Okay. So you go to the barbecue because you're looking for love or you're avoiding pain. Maybe you skipped out of work early and you're avoiding the pain of whatever those emails are and the demands of returning phone calls and um, not meeting the, the quota, whatever it is. You might be avoiding that pain and going to find love, connection, acceptance, feel good, have that beer, you know, be around people that you enjoy. So every time you are in a circumstance, in a room with people you like or with people you don't like, it's because it's a reflection of what's happening inside of you.
Okay, that's a lot. And so, in understanding that, it's also so that not to judge yourself and not to say you're wrong and bad and and this is right and this is good and qualify it more in our minds and try to make the illogical logical, but to slow things down to the point where it's like, okay, let's just say you accept this, what I've just said. And you're not in complete resistance and you're not trying to run away from the idea that I've just unfurled in front of you. But you go, okay, right. Let's just accept that, yeah, I'm in these places because I'm on the public transportation because it gets me to and from my home, my residence, my domicile, whatever it is to the people that I'm in relationship with, whether it's work, friends, loved ones, family members, or whatever, you're, you're transitioning from, from one place to the other. So this is the easiest route from point A to point B. So that's why you're there. Or you're in traffic because you take a car. And you drive it to and from your places so that you can be in more freedom, that you're not reliant upon public transportation. And therefore, the freedom is more about love and avoiding pain of sitting in somebody else's space in an uncomfortable, hot subway train. You see what I'm saying? So there's always the avoidance of pain and the moving to trying to chase after finding accepting holding on to love and that those are the two points that we vacillate between avoiding pain and chasing love but when you go into the pain when you slow down enough to see what's available in the pain, what is available in the trigger. So going back to that person who just entered into the room, if you have an immediate reaction of, I don't like that person. And maybe it's completely irrational and you might have a reaction of, I actually hate that person. That is about something inside of you that you don't want to see. And so you make it about them. You say, I don't like them. Now, they might be somebody worth hating. I don't know. But they might, they might be somebody that you want to avoid. But what they brought up in you is more to the point. It's not about them, but we can quickly make it about them. And then you, you go and you try to avoid them or you might leave the room or not want to be there or be really uncomfortable or now ruin the rest of your night because that person just showed up and you might even have history with this person and there might be good reason why you dislike this person, 
and I mean, maybe they stole your juice box in second grade and that was your favorite juice box. Who knows why you dislike this person. But here it is maybe days, weeks, months, years, decades later, and you still hate that person. It still isn't about them. It's about the pain that it brings up inside of you. So when you slow down and you go, okay, there's hate. And, it, and for this purpose, I'm going to have you allocate it to one of the two groups. It's either pain or it's love. It's not anything else. And let's say you're afraid of that person. It's still pain. Maybe that person stresses you out. Still pain. Maybe your heart flutters when they walk in. Okay, love. That You see what I'm saying. So, however that person came into the room, whatever came up for you, it goes into one of two categories. Either pain or love. So now, there's something in that. So look at the pain. And I'm just going to use pain now because this is the one we avoid the most. And love, like everybody wants love. Everybody wants that in their life. And they go, oh, yay, I want more of that. And they go toward the person or yay. We're not avoiding that. So I want to go into the pain because I really want to show you that you can transmute it alchemize it, change it into love. How? Okay, follow me. Here we go. You're stressed, you're afraid, you hate, whatever it is, whatever initial reaction comes up when that person enters the room, assess that it was pain and go, okay, pain. What type of pain is here? What am I feeling? And now it's not about like, what am I thinking about what I'm feeling? What am I actually feeling? So hatred is going to pretty much bring up anger. And anger is a secondary emotion. It's always protecting sadness or hurt. So let's say that person makes you angry because they stole your juice box back in second grade and they never fessed up to it. You really wanted that juice box. You're really thirsty, whatever. So you're hurt because you're missing that juice box. And it's not in your life. You can never get it back. So that anger is protecting the hurt, the missing piece. So now something is missing. Now remove the story about the juice box and just say, something is missing. I'm sad because something is missing. And this is where you have to slow way down because it's going to get really uncomfortable and you're missing something, but 
your mind is going to want to immediately interject what's missing, who's missing. And then you're going to want to go after that what or that who. But it's not about a what or a who. It's never about a what or a who. It's never about the juice box or anything else that would be missing. It is about what's missing inside of you. What that meant to you. And it's going to be something different for everybody who's listening. So when you slow down and you sit with that and you it don't run away from that discomfort because when you don't run away from that when you really do sit with it and allow it to speak what's missing then you're actually loving that part of you And that's where the pain alchemizes to love. So we're all searching for love. We are all searching for that acceptance that I belong here. But it's not with a group of people. It's not with your family. It's not with your friends. It's not with whatever it is that we do to change ourselves in order for them to accept us because then that's just vacillating you between pain and love. That's just vacillating you with the brain that saying here, go get their acceptance and then you'll get the love. And it keeps you in this dynamic of avoid the pain Go after, chase after the love. Avoid the pain, go after the love. But it does it in those nuanced ways. When you slow way down, when you figure out that this is all about your internal dynamics, and then you actually heal that missing piece. Because by doing that, by sitting still, by understanding that something was missing, And listening to yourself, that's a form of love. And when we listen deeply, carefully to what's there, you see the illusion. It becomes revealed in more and more more layers are peeled off. And then you can start to accept what happened for you in those moments of pain and hurt and anger and rejection. And then that transmutes it, that changes it, that heals it. And then you're not chasing it because you realize that, oh, it was never about the juice box because that person could walk into your, your life a week later and hand you a case of your favorite juice boxes and it still wouldn't 
alleviate the pain of that one that they stole, squirted, rejected, whatever it was, whatever the story is around it, because that incident actually happened. That pain actually occurred. It wasn't about other juice boxes. It was about that one. So it wasn't about that boyfriend, that girlfriend that broke up with you and getting other boyfriends or girlfriends later on. Those never took over the hurt of losing that one of what happened with that, with that fight, the jealousy, the cheating, the, they moved across country, like went to college, whatever the circumstances were. The next relationships you have don't remove the pain of the previous ones. So you can just get stuck in story around Well, if I just move on, get somebody else, then the pain will go away. It doesn't. It doesn't go away until you sit with the pain to see what's in it, what it has to teach you. Okay, so that's a lot. And that touches a little bit on the triggers and going into the pain. There's this great premise that's just starting to hit the tracks, that's really just starting to gain momentum. And it's being referred to as glimmers. And glimmers are the opposite of triggers. Triggers point you to the pain. And I encourage you to follow those triggers go into that pain when you have a safe space and you can look at it. But the glimmers are those bits of hope and happiness that flutter your stomach, that light you up, that give you that, Ooh, I like that. And that would be the trigger that would point you toward the love. So glimmers move you toward love. Triggers move you toward pain. And both of them are awesome because both give you that opportunity to go into what you want. So when you go into the pain, when you follow the trigger and go into the pain, then you now have the opportunity to heal what's there, either in a little bit or a lot, maybe permanently, but sometimes these things are so deeply ingrained that you're healing a little bit each time you go into it. And then that transmutes it to love. Therefore, getting you to where you want to be. Oh my God, how awesome is this? You go into the pain and you get what you want. You go into the love and you get what you want. Ah! Oh my God, how exciting is that? Like, 
That is so cool, right? Yes. I've just empowered you to go create the life that you actually want. And it has nothing to do with anybody outside of you. Oh, yes. You get to do this. We get to do this. It's amazing, right? And it's scary when you go into the pain. And it's scary when you go into the love. Because let's take the classic example of when you go into the love. Everybody is looking for the love of their life. They want to be in that relationship. That's what all the girls dream of when they're, when they're little and they, they put the pillowcase over their head on, as a veil, not over their head, like as in, oh, that's bad. No, but like on top of their head to create the veil and they imagine the wedding dress and, and all the, the girls think, oh, the, their first crush and will I marry him and, and we'll have this happy life and we'll have kids and we'll live in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, or maybe we won't have kids. Maybe we'll just travel the world. That's what everybody's looking for is that love. It's not about what it looks like. It's not about the wedding. It's not about the celebration. It's about the love. And we're chasing that with each relationship. But there's the vulnerability of, will he like me? Will she actually like me back if I ask her out? And, oh, the vulnerability of engaging in that and stepping into asking and then receiving. Yeah, actually, I do like that. Both of those are incredibly vulnerable and scary. And then it brings up all of our history of pain, of who rejected you, how you had that unrequited love. Maybe you didn't get the valentine from the boy that you had the crush on in first and second grade. He liked the girl sitting next to you and she got the valentine and you saw that and your heart just broke. It could be that early on that we feel that pain. But we can qualify that. We can get angry in order to protect that hurt. But it can be as simple as going, oh, well, actually, that kid that gave her the valentine turned out to be a real jerk. And he ended up, you know, let's say they, they got married years later and he was abusive. And you can look back and go, wow, I had a crush on him. Whew, I avoided that. Thank God. And okay, there's a logic and you can qualify that. But what if it turned out really good? And what if that kid you had a crush on ended up marrying her and they lived happily ever after. I could have had that happily ever after. That was my happily ever after. But was it? Because if it was yours, then it would have been yours. But again, this is just logic. This is just ways that we qualify and reason out and try to understand this. And there is no reasoning 
to the emotions, to the way things show up, the way they unfold. Maybe he is meant to be yours just later on. Maybe he has that love. They get married. She dies in, of cancer. And he comes back and says, hey, you know, you see him later on. And, you know, I really had a crush on both of you. But our moms put us together because they live next door. We, we had playdates together. So we were together more often. But I liked you just as much. You go, really? You did? And now it's decades later and you're single and he's now single and you can get together. But you wouldn't have known that in any of the scenarios that you put in your mind because we don't know what's happening for somebody else. It doesn't matter what's happening for somebody else, but we make it matter. We make it seem like there's something that we know or that we don't know. And so that's what it means about us and our worth and why they picked us or didn't pick us or why I shouldn't go for love or try to work this out with this person or there's a constant vacillation between pain and love and love can mean pain for many of us but it doesn't actually mean pain it means going into that and seeing why we believe it means it's pain love never hurts it is the absence of love that hurts so if there is pain there there is an absence of love and all that means sometimes all you need to do in order to make love present is listen active listening is a means of loving. How many times have you walked away from something feeling like you just poured out your, your heart to somebody and you said, why do I feel worse? But then you pour your heart out to somebody else in the exact same way. You might, it might be over the same topic and you feel better. Why? Because maybe the first person didn't listen. They tried to solve something. They tried to give you answers. And the other person just listened, heard, really heard what you had to say. And just allowed it to be there. That's what it means to love somebody. You know you felt loved. When that happened, you felt accepted and that's all you, you're asking yourself to do in these times of being triggered and seeing where the pain is. Go into that and listen the way that you've been listened to by at least one person in your life. It might've been a stranger on the bus, but they might have listened really, really well. It might be a grandmother, grandfather, an uncle, a cousin, 
It could be anybody that just listened really, really well. A teacher, a friend, a parent. These people were put into your lives to show you what it feels like to be loved. And yet we think that love is only that romantic love. Love shows up in a million tiny ways in our day. When somebody smiles at you at the grocery store instead of scowling, that's love. When your cat nuzzles up against your leg, that's love. There's so much more than just this idea of romantic love, the idea of the wedding, of even the marriage. That's not like, yes, those things are there and they're great. And when we get that external love, it is fabulous. And when we lose it, it can be so crushing. But it's just a reflection of what's happening internally. It's just a reflection of what is inside of you that you were present for, that you were vulnerable to accepting. So when things are going really well in, let's say, a love relationship, and I'm going to put it a little bit past the honeymoon phase, the bubble love phase of when things first start out and it's all electric and everything's, oh my God, and this is great and we have so much in common and na, 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 na. It's not just about that. Put it a little bit further out. When you feel that love and you can lean into it and rest in it, that's because you received that. You allowed yourself to be open to staying there, to being there. When you don't have it, it's because you're not allowing yourself to be there. There's something in the way internally. And the way to find out what that is, is to sit, is to follow the trigger to the pain, sit with the pain, listen to the pain and what it has to show you what it has to teach you about you and where you can open up and where you get to be strong and get to be you. This life is an amazing life when we go into the chaos, not try to avoid the chaos, when we go into the pain, not avoid the pain. And you can look at it like like a, an airplane in the clouds where you can see the earth sometimes when the clouds part and disappear. The earth didn't disappear. Neither did the love. Neither did the awareness, the solutions, all of that stuff that, that you're looking for. It didn't go anywhere. It's just you're up in the clouds. But the important thing is not the earth, but you, the airplane. It's not what's 
blocking it. It's the faith that it's still there. You're still there. Whether you're boots to the ground on the earth or high above it or in the clouds and can't see any of it. You're you all the time. You're here all the time. And we're going up and down, in and out of the pain and the love. But you're there at all times. So sit with what's there. I hope this makes sense. And if you need help in sitting with that pain so that you can move through and and realize where there's more love available, please reach out. I'm here. And to the loved one that sent me their heartfelt poetry and the pain that ignited that, I love you dearly. And thank you very much for sharing that beautiful transmutation. Transmutation? Is that a word? Transmutation? I think that's the one that I'm looking for. Thank you for sharing that with me. That touched me so much. And if anybody has anything that they want to share with me, I'm here. Until next time, you're in charge.